Welcome to another episode of Impact. I am your host, Sam Enigas, the Director of Communications for Merced Union High School District. In this episode, we talk to MUHSD's Director of Student Services, Christy Johnson. Among her daily duties, of which there are many, Christy has led our district's COVID-19 response since the pandemic started. She has been our liaison with the Merced County Department of Public Health and has done a great deal of work taking the guidance that has been handed down and putting it into practice at sites. It should be noted that for her efforts, Christy was named Administrator of the 2020-21 school year. This episode will act as a state of the district regarding COVID protocols. We solicited for questions on social media and came up with a few of our own along the way. As always, we must remind everyone that guidelines can and will change, but this is where we are as of this recording in mid-September. Please enjoy this episode with Director Johnson. All right, I want to welcome our guest, the uh, Director of Student Services for Merced Union High School District, uh, Christy Johnson. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy. Well, you're always busy, but I know that you're very busy. Thank you, Sam. It's nice to be here. So you've, um, we're here, of course, to talk about COVID and um, just the latest guidelines and some of the safety uh, questions that are out there. We kind of threw it out there on social media and we got some questions. But before that, we want to talk about Um, Your role, obviously, you've been at the forefront of our COVID response since the pandemic started. Um, You worked with the health department and taking what they say, their their guidance, and and implementing that here at the district. Um, Just talk about that that relationship that you have with the health department and how often. um, I know that for a while you were meeting a lot, and now not as often, but still meeting pretty regularly. Yeah, when the pandemic first started, we actually were meeting... um through phone conference every single day, seven days a week. That kind of tapered off to every other day. Then it went to once a week. And now we're at every two weeks. We have regularly scheduled meetings every other Wednesday. But more importantly, I have access to people who work at the health department. Kristen Sullivan, I can um, call or email or text her at any time. And then we have Justin Mateo also, who is an investigator who is assigned to our schools. So I work with him quite frequently too. Yeah, so thank you, first of all, for, for just doing such a great job with that, that relationship and being our liaison. Um, talk a little bit about how um, the work that the school nurses have done, the role that they play. Obviously, they've been huge in, in our efforts as well. We have a fantastic team at every school, and it's not just the school nurses. We have the school nurses who kind of run things at each site but they also have health aides that work with them. We have um, associate principals who help with contact tracing and seating charts so that we can make sure that we're getting all the kids who have been named as close contacts. And then we've even had um, classified staff in other positions help make phone calls and part-time classified staff has come in and helped us uh, with the contact tracing as well. Um, So it it really is an amazing team led by the school nurses and they're doing a fantastic job, but they wouldn't be able to do it alone. So it's the entire team. Yeah, this is a huge, huge effort. I don't think people really um, have any idea of um, just the magnitude of the work that they do uh, behind the scenes. And you mentioned contact tracing. And um, can you just kind of give our listeners a sense of just how the the magnitude of, of what is gone, I mean, on a daily and weekly basis? So every time we get notified that we have a positive case, we do an interview with the positive case to find out who they've had lunch with, who they sat next to on the bus, um, and then um, who they're sitting next to in classes. In addition to that interview, we get seating charts and we look at their classes. And so if a student's in seven classes, 
They might be sitting next to three or four different people that are closer than six feet. So each of those would be identified and then we make contact with families and let them know that they've been named as a close contact. And um, we have new guidelines this year where they don't have to quarantine at home. They can do a modified quarantine at school, um, but, but it takes a lot, a lot of time to, to get through all that contact tracing. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And then those are the notifications that get sent out. So if you've gotten that notification, that's because um, the team there at, at your side is doing their job. Um, and so recently we have uh, decided to place the COVID dashboard on our website. Um, what was the thinking and the reasoning behind that? Well, we were sending out parent squares every time we had a positive case on campus, whether it was a staff member or a student. And it just got to be a lot of parent squares between not just COVID, but then you had your close contacts parent square. And then you might have had a parent square about something else happening on campus. So we just decided that it would be easier to put all of our COVID cases on the website. And that way people know at all times how many active cases we have on each campus. Right, right. So that just um, quells some of the rumors, some of the anxiety that's possibly out there about just, uh, you know, how many, what the numbers are and, you know, if they're, you know, if there are just outbreaks all the time, because we hear the term outbreak and obviously we know what that means, uh, according to the health department, which is um, at least three cases, right? Is that still the three cases in a 14 day period? Yes. Okay. Um, and then we also have the total population as well as the percentage of that population right next to it, just to give uh, our stakeholders an idea, a sense of um, just the size of, you know, that we're not being overrun by COVID at our sites. And um, you know, they are still very safe uh, places to be. Um, and so next, I want to talk about the rapid antigen testing that's taking place at sites. Um, why, why is it important and how, um, obviously, we want to uh, test students and keep them in school, but talk about why it's so important, uh, these tests. So because of this new modified quarantine that we're allowed to do, when a student is named as a, as a close contact, and keep in mind, this is only at school. If they're named as a close contact out in the community or if they're, um, they have a family member that's positive, they are not eligible for this modified quarantine. But if they're in a classroom and they're masked and they've been named as a close contact, then um, as they can remain in school as long as they agree to participate in our twice weekly testing. So we have, um, rapid antigen tests that the school nurse and actually many classified staff members and um, our associate principals can help administer. And we get those results instantly and it helps us keep a, a handle on our positive cases. So we know they've been named as a close contact. We'll instantly get results if they're positive. And at that point we can send them home and have them quarantine. Okay. And that just uh, reminds me of one of the questions we got. Um, and so, um, I want to jump right into those. So if a, if a student is uh, fully vaccinated and they're identified as a close contact, um, do they still get tested? So according to the guidelines, they do not have to get tested. I know that some parents called me earlier in the year and they asked for their students to be tested who were fully vaccinated. We were extremely short on test kits, um, so we didn't allow it at the time. We've gotten 6,000 test kits and um, another shipment is on the way, so I feel like we have adequate test kits right now. So if we have vaccinated students who are worried that they might have COVID then, uh, and they've been named as a close contact, then if they come in during our testing time, we will test them. Okay, so it is not out of the realm of possibility to get yeah. tested. It, it, it's optional. It's not mandated for vaccinated, but if the parent wants it or the student wants it, then we're more than happy to help with that. Does it make a, a difference if they're uh, asymptomatic or, or not? 
Yes, if um, any student has been named as a close contact and they're developing symptoms, then they are not eligible for our testing. They would immediately be sent home and they'd be considered a presumptive positive case. We do not test symptomatic individuals simply because we're not, we're not a health facility. And so, um, you know, we don't have proper PPE to, to test people who are having symptoms of COVID. Um, the next question, um, do we know the, the percentage of students or staff who are vaccinated? Um, I think we're hovering around 70% for staff. Um, our student testing is much lower. We're hovering right around 10%. Got it. And then the same person is asking, are vaccines, uh, I, I'm, they saw in the news that in the LA Unified is going to make uh, vaccines mandatory for uh, 12 and up. Um, so do you see that being a possibility here at, at uh, Merced Union High School District? I don't think that's something that we would require. Um, we, we believe that vaccine should be a personal choice, but um, we never know what the state mandates are going to be. So I, I'm not going to say never, but our intention is not to mandate vaccines unless we are mandated to do so. Got it. Got it. And oh, um, I just remembered a question I wanted to ask you when you talked about a shortage in testing, that's not just an issue that we're having, that's a that's a statewide issue, correct? Yes, the state testing program that we went with um, ran out of tests earlier in the year. So we went four weeks without a shipment. So we were really running thin on tests, but that seems to be remedied now and, and hopefully we won't have any more issues moving forward. That's great. Um, next question um, is uh, why don't nurses test why don't the nurses test us instead of us doing it ourselves? Won't that make the tests more accurate? It's kind of funny because I had a student come to my office the other day. He needed to be tested and he put his head back and wanted me to swipe his nose. And I said, no, no, you get to do it yourself. Um, the test is, is very accurate when you do it yourself. It doesn't have to go into the nose very far. We watch all students do it. So we know we're doing it the right way. It only goes in about an inch. You swirl it around and it's simple as that. So there's no need for us to do it for, for students. Um, next question is, uh, why do students get led on campus when they're awaiting COVID test results? And maybe you have some, I don't know, top context for this question. So I think this refers to our modified quarantine. So again, this only is for students who were named as close contacts in a classroom. And the rationale is because in the classroom, all students are wearing masks. So since they're wearing masks inside, the transmission rate is very, very low. So because of that, we do allow them to stay. Um, and again, we're, we're doing the rapid test. So when we do test students, they get those results within 10, 15 minutes max. So as soon as we would see a positive, we would send the student home at that time. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that because we didn't talk about how uh, quickly they're called rapid tests. I mean, we get those results quickly and that's great because they can be sent right back to class, correct? Yes. Last year we used the PCR tests and, you know, sometimes it took 48 hours for those to get back to us. And um, we just like the idea of having an instant result. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. The Nurtured Heart Approach is a methodology that ties in well with the district's social-emotional learning efforts and that the skills that are developed help teachers and site administration build healthy relationships with students by A, realizing the greatness that exists within them, and B, getting the students to see that greatness themselves. Monthly Nurtured Heart workshops will begin taking place in the next couple of weeks for staff and for parents. If you'd like to learn how to connect with your child on a deeper level, the first workshop is September 30th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. There will also be a parent guardian intensive series in mid-October. 
A link to the dates as well as the registration form can be found in the show notes. Here is Advanced Nurtured Heart Approach Trainer Viviana Brajas to tell us a little more about the Nurtured Heart. The Nurtured Heart Approach is a relational methodology um, that we use to be intentional with relationships with our children. Um, it helps us as adults to be, you know, to guide intensity in ways that help our children be successful instead of using it in ways that can be destructive. In a classroom setting, what you would see is that instead of telling a student, hey, I see that you don't have your book opened up, I see that you're not following instructions, we would look for what is happening. And so instead I would say, oh, I see that you sat down in your chair, that shows me you're ready to learn. So we're guiding the experience of the student in a positive way instead of just focusing on what's not happening. Now back to the show. I'm just going to move on down to the next question. Um, so how long do students, uh, uh, you may not be able to answer this, but how long, I guess, maybe should students out on quarantine get to make up the work that they missed? So if a student is out on quarantine, the idea is that they would still, while on quarantine, being they would be accessing their classes and working on their assignments so that when they return to school, they could submit those. Obviously, they might have some questions and they might... Um, need further clarification. And so they should reach out to their teachers and most teachers are very understanding and, and will work with students so that they can get those assignments in on time. Now, the difference is if you're out on quarantine because you're sick and you're unable, you know, you might be exhausted or you're not feeling well and you're doing a lot of sleeping, you might not be able to get those assignments done you know, that by the time you get back. So I think it's very important for students and families to just communicate with their teachers and, and let teachers know what's going on and counselors know what's going on so that, that things can be adjusted. Yeah, and, and the teachers and, and all of our staff, they have been um, asked to be um, flexible with um, this while we're still going through this, uh, right? They have, and uh, the teachers have been great, yeah. Yeah, they have, and I can uh, attest to that. My my student was out, uh, and yeah, he was able to contact his teachers. And when they were busy, they said, you know, I'm, I'm a little busy right now, but I'll get back to you. And they got back to him, um, so he was able to make up that work. So yeah, I have a lot of parents who have had the same type of experience. Okay. Next question. Um, so we've done vaccination clinics at our sites uh, in the past. Are there plans to hold more of these? We don't have anything scheduled right now. Um, we did vaccination clinics. Um, we did our second round of clinics right at the start of school. And um, we didn't get as many kids as we had hoped um, to get vaccines. So, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of work to set up those clinics and to get staff there. So right now, if we have students who are interested in, interested in getting vaccines, we're more than happy to help make those appointments. Vaccines are readily available at multiple places within our county. Um, they just need to go to that MyTurn website and then they, they can schedule an appointment and they can do it on, on their timeline. Um, if there's any concerns or questions, we are more than happy to help get those, those scheduled for them. That's great. And that reminds me about the rapid test. Are we still pushing people to uh, register for that? Yes, so if the student is not registered for the rapid test, then, um, then it makes it a very long and cumbersome process because we have to input everything. And also we would like for parents to do it because in the, the registration process, there's a consent that the parent authorizes us to allow the student to participate in testing. So it is extremely important that even if you haven't been named as a close contact now, that's okay. Register for testing so that if your student ever is named, then um, he or she is ready to go 
when we start testing. Okay, great. All right, so make sure um, listeners uh, get, do that registration. It's on our website, on our front page, the slider there. You can click on it and that'll take you right to our um, that uh, form that you fill out. It takes uh, a few minutes, but um, and you only have to register once, correct? That is correct. Once you're registered, you're in the system for the entire school year. All right, uh, next question. Someone wants to know, um, is there a chance we may uh, go back to distance learning or the uh, the AB, that hybrid system we were doing for a little while? I honestly, I really don't think so. Um, I, I think that everybody wants kids to be in school as much as possible. So I think um, unless something drastic changes, the way th things stand right now, we plan on, on staying in school the rest of the school year. Um, have you been given a sense from the health department? Are numbers still rapidly increasing? Has it slowed down? What are they telling you? On the last phone call that I had with them, they think that things are starting to level off. So that's a good sign um, that hopefully we reach the peak and we're we're heading back down again. Oh, great. That's awesome. Um, okay, next question. Uh, someone's asking how, this is a good question. How do I keep from being a close contact? Um, they, they said they play football and they don't want to miss a game or even practice. The number one thing that anybody can do to be kept from naming or from being a close contact is to get vaccinated. That is the number one thing. If, if for some reason you don't want to get vaccinated, then the next best thing is to try as much as possible to stay six feet away from somebody and to always wear your mask. All right. Um, next question. Testing. Um, is, is sports still testing? And if not, they say that they should because they spend a lot of time uh, around each other. We got new guidelines for sports, um, I think about a week or a week and a half ago. And um, for our fall sports, we do not have any testing plans. Um, for winter sports, we, we likely will be testing some of those sports. Um, but but I, off the top of my head, I can't tell you which sports those are right now. But, but athletes who have um, indoor activities in the winter should probably plan on being tested. Okay, yeah, so it just depends on the sport. Um, yeah, so outside so like, sports do not require any testing. Like golf or something like that, you don't see tense testing um, taking place. Um, and, and those are the questions we, we got. Um, so just to kind of wrap it up, is there anything you want to just uh, say, uh, get the word out about, um, you know, just to try and help us as we you know, make our way out of this pandemic? Um, you know, I just, I know a lot of parents have concerns about some of the, the protocols as far as if you're named a close contact at school, then you can keep going to classes, but you can't participate in extracurricular activities for the first eight days. And so I just want everybody to understand that we have not made those rules. Those are the rules that are passed down from the California Department of Public Health that we have to implement. We understand parent and student frustration, but um, at the same time, we're just, you know, just trying to follow all the guidelines to the best of our ability. And so please be patient with us. And, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I handle the social media for the district, as you know, and, and um, people say, you know, why are we doing this? And, you know, the health department is um, basically what I tell them is when you're charged with the safety of, you know, 11,000 11, students and over a thousand employees, you're not going to dismiss uh, uh, guidance from a local health department. Um, so um, just want everyone to know that we are following the guidance we have since the beginning of the pandemic. And um, again, thank you for the work that you, your department, and, and the school nurses have done, um, you know, to get us to this point where we're we're 
school is happening. We got students on campus. So everything it's getting there, but um, you know, we've come a long way. We have, and it, it, fe it feels great. Every time I go on campus, uh, it feels great to see everybody there instead of last year when, you know, there were only two or 300 kids on campus at a time. So I'm sure. super happy that we got to, got to come back. And I need to let everyone know that the health, uh, that's just part of your job. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. one of the things that you're over. <laughs> I mean, it's taken the forefront, but you handle student services, that's child safety, uh, attendance, um, emotional, social emotional, uh, but health has definitely been to the, at the forefront the last year and a half. Yes, um, it's never, the health part of my job has never been this much work um, until the last 18 months. So it, it's been interesting, but we're getting through it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Christy. Uh, if anyone's got any uh, questions, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, email is the best. So cjohnson at muhsd.org. Awesome. Director Christy Johnson with Over Student Services. Thanks again for your time. All right. Thank you, Sam. Impact is a production of the Merced Union High School District Communications Department. For more information about the school district, visit our website at muhsd.org and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our handle is at MercedUHSD.